Hi everyone, welcome to Living Livita Loca podcast, a retro gaming podcast for some of your retro gaming needs. My name is Faz. I'm Fiona. I'm Rich. And we are back for part two of our Final Fantasy extravaganza. Uh, I call this one Second Suggestion as a podcast title. Yeah, uh, if, first... it's, if it's a Final Fantasy thing, you need to bolt a load of random words colon. onto it. Yeah. The, the there was a colon nothing. in there. There was a colon. It's fine. fine. The, yeah. the first one was called First Foray. You know? Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know, okay then. First Foray Requiem. <laughs> That's what you need. Going yeah. back to change that straight away. Dissidia, Final <laughs> Fantasy, <laughs> Magnificent what Podcast, Blowout 2. What does that even mean? <laughs> I remember. So, in... Carlisle, where I'm from, during year seven at school, which would be 11 slash 12 years old, um, we had a medieval day or medieval days. Old times. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> waiting to have like some sort of weird memory where my own son turns up at my medieval days and a fucking time traveling thing. Um, and it was weird. Like, I, I didn't know that this didn't exist elsewhere until... <laughs> Until I'd left Carlisle, but it was fucking brilliant. Like, isn't so you would like? I guess it's because it is um, a medieval city. There's a castle. There's like city walls. There's like you know, an ye old town hall and stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, like you've got Hadrian's Wall and from Roman times. Um, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> but we still call it medieval is that on Carlisle. The sign? Ancient. <laughs> I think it's some, a lot of places call themselves like ancient, don't they? Like ancient mm. and royal, whatever and stuff. It's just like Carl's like just medieval Carlisle. And I'm like, well, there's like loads of, <laughs> but there's like 2,000 years of that. So, yeah, exactly. Idiots. Pink, pink, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, my point was that um, we had to dress up. And my mum at the time made me from scratch a jester's outfit. And I was called Faz the Frolic. Uh, nice. And I was very proud of this outfit. Um until we had to do tug of war in it, and I just split my pants straight away. Oh, you know, like, no. but, that's very in character. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but our class won the tug of war because we had just had some fucking hefty people. Like, isn't it? <laughs> it was like, you know, like recently in the World Darts Championship, they had Luke Littler, and it's all like everyone's like, he's not sixteen, and it's like this, we had like Ryan Crampton, who was like, he's not eleven. <laughs> fucking hell! Like, it's, it's like nine Luke shit out. <laughs> Yeah. Get him at the back, anchor, anchor. <laughs> so yeah, where was I going with this? Anyway, I have no idea. <laughs> medieval times, ye old times, and Final Fantasy times that we are in. It just—I don't know why that came to me in the brief <laughs> break that we had. <laughs> I'm spinning it vastly out of control here. Uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about um, non. Mainline, well, I've still got the words. Yeah, spin-offs, thank spin-offs. you. Yeah, I was like, spin-offs. I was like, not con- canonical, but they are. But I was like, that's not the right thing to say, is it? Much like spin-offs. your Jester Tug of War was a spin-off of medieval times. <laughs> medieval, <laughs> medieval days. Medieval times, the sequel. Yeah, it was weird. Dissidia. So we, we, went, we went to Carlisle Cathedral, and this lady was dressed in old medieval dress, and she was feeding us old medieval food, and it was like, oh, the, here, have a. <laughs> Have a sausage hedgehog they used to have eat. this medieval bricks. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst thing I've ever tasted. I was like, ah, oh, this is so true. I don't want to go back in time and eat shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah, that what, that story was a spin-off from my own reality there. Uh, who's, who's going first? Am I going first Fuck this it time? Out, <laughs> <laughs> it probably, it's well suited to my story. Um, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Where 
weirdly enough, yes. All right. So this one, I'm going to have to like kind of read my notes verbatim because it is complex. <laughs> so I played the remaster, <laughs> remake, remaster, remaster of Final Fantasy Tactics. So the original was out in 1997 for the PlayStation 1. And this was made for the PSP uh, in 2012, I think it was. So quite late into the PSP's lifespan. Um, I think did it come out 2012 or 2013 or something around that? Uh, there or thereabouts. It, it was, I think. yeah, it was pushing it for the PSP. Um, and it was a remake, a remaster, basically that you can now get on mobile if you are so inclined oh, cool. to want to play this game. Um, it is the original and also this version revered in from a review point of view, and people absolutely loving this game. Um, so. What is Final Fantasy Tactics all about? Have you played it? Um, I have got War of the Lion on my Vita, and there was there like a, a slightly different version on Game Boy Advance once upon yeah, a time. Yeah, so there's a Tactics like A2 a, or something like that. Yeah, like the tutorial was you in a snowball fight or something like that. Yeah, yeah. so I think I might have that floating around somewhere as yeah. well. Yeah, cool. So the short answer is yes. Yeah, cool, fair enough. Uh, so... Um, uh, yeah, I'm just going to read out my notes because this is this is how my brain cannot comprehend without reading like a child about this. So, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, the emphasis on tactics here it is like the game is like 75 mini games of chess. Yeah, basically, except <laughs> the chess, each of your pieces can have up to 22 different jobs with different abilities and individual equipment. Mm. You can change your jobs regularly and gain XP on any of the jobs when you are allocated to them. Question. From, <laughs> from That's a very important question. When you change jobs, do you get a better spangly outfit and or more belts? Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's pixel so you can't really see necessarily. It does make a really nice little sort of like... You get like a flute music to change your job. Oh, nice. And it's like, okay. you know, yeah, that's worth it. Oh, so That's better than real uh, life. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is. Yeah, if you mm. get getting changed one day and someone played a little nice float, yeah. floaty, oh, fluty... Out. Is this like a women-man difference? Would you guys just be like, yeah, yeah. my theme tune? I'd be like, oh my God, where's the stalker? All, all men long to get changed to flute <laughs> to song. To flute song. <laughs> A little known fact <laughs> album name there. Uh, so you... send Andre three thousand an email. <laughs> <laughs> Needs more flute. <laughs> uh, but you can you can mix the jobs almost in a way. So you could be like a quarter black mage, three quarters monk. Like as in so. Um, yeah, there's like I said, there's twenty two different jobs that there are so many different combinations that you can do to play this game. Um, so the chessboard that you play upon when you have battles. So basically you are going from place to place. The overworld map isn't as it is in Final Fantasy that or the old Final Fantasy games where actually it's just a very linear map where it's like here's your place and then you press left and it will move you to this place. And it'll flash red if it's a story like battle or mm -hmm. it'll flash green if it's a random encounter that you want to use to level grind mm -hmm. or it'll be black if it's just a town that you can buy things at the shop um, you can buy you can buy party members so that sounds a bit strange but it's almost like you the, your main party member um, 
is the name I of the protagonist that I've forgotten. <laughs> I renamed it fast. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> and um but yeah and you kind of get um I guess what you call main characters who come and go with your party. Mm-hmm. Um but it, it's a bit of a weird one really because you will level them up. Um but the most important mechanic is the job points that you get. So every time you fight in a battle and get experience and you actually have to do a physical activity in a battle to get that. So you could, you can't just stand around a battle and do nothing like as in. So there is a share all or JP all um, where you get an ability to do that and you can actually share JP you know, job points or whatever, or you get job points for not doing much. But if you don't have that ability, then you would basically like, you know, a person's battling away, like they need to actually do something to earn that. But the most important thing is that it, they are earning job points mm-hmm. because you need to, um, I guess, effectively evolve the abilities of a job. I'm explaining this really poorly. <laughs> it's a strategy RPG with a really complicated <laughs> yeah, set yeah, of yeah. classes. So, so you can level up from experience and you can level up from a job point of view. Right. Uh, carrying on with my list of things that is like chess, except all party members can be either more magically oriented or physically oriented. And basically it'll say, oh, you are, you know, out of 100, you're 75 more magical and 54 more physical. So therefore you would dictate that that person would pick up a job that can do magic because mm-hmm. they're better at doing magic. Um so, yeah, that's pretty straightforward, but it's another layer on top of. Mm. And then on top of that layer as well, everybody has Zodiac signs. So... <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like oh, pointed at the sky. The, the version of 12 that I played was the Zodiac Age. I think the original didn't have this, but they did also have a vague nod to Zodiac signs and jobs that didn't actually, I don't think, matter that much. But mm. Maybe that's a... So this is, yeah, so this is something that... It doesn't necessarily matter that much that you can kind of ignore them, but if you choose to ignore them, you so you have to be compatible with people in your party. Uh, Sorry, so, hang on. Like back when you used to get like Cosmic Gill and you'd read your horoscopes <laughs> and it'd be like, oh, you're a Libra, so you should not go for those Aries boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. every time I ever bought Cosmic Gill. <laughs> <laughs> the Beano, it said. Here's <laughs> um, <laughs> a slingshot. Um, I swear there was a joke about Mystic Meg in the Dandy one time. And I was like, just, just slightly too young to get it. <laughs> Oh, but that that was probably good because if you got it, you'd be like, "Why is Mister <laughs> yeah, my yeah. dandy?" Yeah, I couldn't think about it too. Hard. Why am I seventeen and reading the dandy? Like, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, it, it you know you can basically match them with your own team, but also so you have to have opposite. It's not even opposites across the dial that you have a zodiac dial. It's like it's almost like if one's over at two o'clock, the one over at eight o'clock is the one that you want to match with. And you have to learn that from the tutorial at the start, of which I spent 90 minutes on the tutorial. Like, isn't it? It is like, you are in there. You've got to do this tutorial. And even then I'm like taking vigorous notes, like sort of like, you know, taking screenshots of what the Zodiac cycle looks mm. like. So I'm like, I need to take that with me on my own mobile phone in 2023. Like, what did you used to do? Like, isn't it like it's just <laughs> mental. Um, so all that, then you, so you have to consider all that and then consider it for your opposition as well, which is then 
and every single battle is randomly generated. So it's almost like you won't get a you will get the same opposition as you go through the story generated battles, mm. but they will not do the same thing every single time. Mm. So having all that to think about in every single battle kind of means that I would say that every single battle you spend probably half an hour to 45 minutes before the battle organizing your people. And then on top of that, you have to level grind as well. So you've got to go back into random generated battles to be able to get jobs up to a certain thing. So, for example, um, the first job where you have uh, a, a squire um, and then you want to become a knight, but you have to learn some job abilities at squire level, such as the JP all, for example. You, so you fight as a squire level, but you'd actually be stronger as a knight, but you have to get to a certain level as a squire to do that in the first place anyway. But then you go, well, actually, but I also want them to learn parry. So that is in so they can parry attacks. So you have to make them up to a level two, you know, whatever, like chemist or something like that. It's Sorry. like D&D multiclassing. Yeah. Effect. Yeah. I'm going to nod because you guys are quite, <laughs> you know, you guys know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. And I, yeah. I thought that you guys might be into that thing, you know, um, because you're more okay with it than I am. Whereas I'm like, this is a complete mind fuck to me. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and I've put it in capitals as you do, you know, <laughs> too many tactics. That's just, <laughs> just sort of got in like, when I, when exclamation I, point. When I played it, I remember like doing that, that massive long tutorial and then being able to coast through a few battles. And then there was one point in particular that was like a colossal fucking difficulty spike. Mm. And it, I think I remember looking up at the time and I think that might be the point where someone basically says what you just said about like the Zodiac and how everything comes together. And it's like, actually, this is the final test of the tutorial. And if you haven't got it by now, you're not going to get any of the rest of the game. Is that is that yes. about right? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, I, I would think if I'm going to gamble and I think this is the battle. I mean, everyone has their own sort of, you know, fights to pick and things. Yeah, like. yeah. The one for me was Brigand's End, it's called. And it's, I think it's like the fifth or sixth story battle in it. Is it kind of like on a hill? I well, this is the thing. A this is the... like a, maybe not a river, so but the, like yeah, this is the thing that is in. So before I start talking about that, then like like I was trying to say that the chessboard isn't flat. So you have so many things to comprehend before you even get into a battle, and then you've got to build your party up. And then if you don't have a walkthrough, and I was trying to be sort of think, well, actually, I'm just going to see how it is, you know, like mm, give myself a true yeah, reflection okay. of, yeah. like, you know, how it would be if I didn't Google everything. <laughs> like, you know, before I actually do. Like, you go into a battle and you can have up to, I think it's up to six, maybe, is it six people you could be in your party, depending on which battle it is. It's usually between four and six it is in the active battle. But then on top of that, you could have, six to eight opponents mm. of which they could be spread around the map up a hill over a river um you know they they could have you could have some archers at the back you could have a mini boss in there as well and there's also different ways that you can win a battle so it could be like destroy all your enemies so that becomes right okay i've got to get around this map in a certain amount of moves and i also need to get around this map in a certain number of mp points for example if i'm a magic user um and then you've got to be aware of being picked off by the archers who can hit you from afar. Uh, so where are you kind of hiding on the map? And then, you know, and then it can also, in some of the battles as well, your party could be split in two. So it could mm. be you've got two people over here and three people over here. Mm. And you have to 
almost you have to fail you've got to do trial and error like you almost every battle you've got to do twice at least because the very first time you need to go well i know i need to start off and because you at the start of the battle you can select where you sort of start your people so for example you could say right my two um ranged archers for example can need to start on the left hand side because i'm gonna have to battle their archers that are over there but then for example i might need to have my chemist and white mage black mage over here because i know i need to do ranged attacks but also i need to do quite a lot of healing Mm. um and then you might fail because you just make one wrong move or you or in some circumstances like about three or four times i took the wrong people into battle like as in i just i didn't know that i needed what i needed really until you get into it and you're like oh shit i'm getting absolutely picked apart by these different types of people but it's you don't know it until you do it um which the I guess the difficulty spikes. It's just it's just plain difficult, but <laughs> kind of satisfyingly. Like as in, so it is yeah. it is fully a tactics strategy game. Like as in, so the brigands end situation was a battle where I went into it three times. The first two times I was in the battle for an hour each time, and I'd also spent probably about an hour prepping it the first time round. The first two times were just an epic fail where it just I was like constantly trying to revive my team. And that's another point. If one of your chess pieces dies, it's permadeath. Mm. So you are there building and grinding these people up and you cannot afford to lose a single one. Like as in, so you're constantly getting around the map with your mage going, I need you back alive. I need you back <laughs> alive. I've run out of fucking Phoenix Downs. I didn't bring enough Phoenix Downs. <laughs> This dude's dead. Like Jeff's fucking dead, and I'm like, oh no, I need him back. Like, and it's just like, no, and I'm like, right, just switch it off, switch the PSP off, switch it back on. You're all right. Start again. Phoenix Downs. That's what we forgot from the trope discussion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring people back from the dead to the Phoenix Down. Hi, if you're new to Final Fantasy, you're probably about two hours in and wondering what the hell is going on. Welcome, (laughs) suffering through with all of us. Can Um, I ask you a question? Yes. I I realize you've got a little bit more to go, but. Did you have any fun playing? Uh, so, <laughs> I guess I was trying to get at that at the last point to say that it, it was... Oh, it, and This is what I'm trying to get to with the, the game of chess solver situation where it's like, it's such a workout for your brain. Yeah. It is like, it, it doesn't feel like a video game at all. Mm. It feels like a real strategy where you're just, you know, it feels like a very in-depth, in-depth game of risk uh, against, you know, just some real brainy fucking cpu that's taking his pieces every time and and you're like is that does that arouse you and your brain (laughs) (laughs) if it it does i bet you'd really enjoy this game like as in so was was it this one where they had like referees on the battles as well uh, that might be the gba one or something like that but there was there was one as well i remember where um like not only would you have specific conditions for the battle, but then there would be certain rules you had to abide by as well. That wasn't in this version, no. That's probably just as well. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> just double up. You know, more complexity, please. Um so yeah, it's like and then so I was going to that brigand's end situation where the first two times it took an hour and I failed epically and it was just trying to get around the battlefield, just trying to keep people alive, and then people were dying and I was like, oh, fuck. Um, and then also, if your main character Faz, obviously, which is what it's called, you know, <laughs> like as in at all times. Faz and Clive. Yeah, well, yeah, everyone's version should have one, you know, Faz the Frolic with his ripped pants. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, if he died, it was just game over straight away, which mm. is like, which is fair. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that makes sense. But um, yeah, the third time I went to the battle, ten minutes, 
Ten minutes it took. Wipe them. <laughs> wipe the fucking floor with them. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, it just, it just fell that way. It yeah. just sort of like you know, it for whatever reason. And I and I took the same tactic in because at that point, I'd I thought this will work at some point. It just hasn't fallen that, and it did. It just it was like, oh, that's so weird. And then the next battle after that one, literally there was I think there was eight enemies. And they barely laid a glove on me, like as in I just destroyed them. And I was like, "That's so weird." Like, galaxy brain. Yeah, it was just like so weird. But it was just. But I have elevated. But then I don't. I don't think necessarily that in two or three battles time that would necessarily work either. Like as in because yeah. you just have to ch- chop and change your party so much, and you need to always be developing everybody in all these different jobs all the time, and you know you need to be making your onion nights and stuff and things like you just need to be just adding more things all the time and spending most of your time preparing for that next battle like as in so then on top of this there's a final fantasy story going on like as in like so <laughs> but as you said in the previous podcast so this story it was like the fucking Silmarillion <laughs> that one the fucking Lord of the Rings one the one that everyone goes oh it's really inaccessible at the start um, you know it's it's like it was just absolute twattish bollocks. That is it. It's just unbelievable how much like Shakespearean, like long names, mm. understanding of what was going on. Like is in. It was just far too long. Like the core characters kind of had a little bit of something where you cared about them a little bit, but it's like, oh, we're looking back at a story back in time of something that happened to some people, and now we're shooting forward in time a little bit, and it was just it made n- not a lick of sense. The good thing is that it just doesn't matter. Like I said, you, you, you just, it does not matter at all because you're here for the gameplay. And it's the flip of what I was saying about Final Fantasy IV on the previous podcast that I was there for the story with that. I felt like I was into the story with that. And that actually, it was Billy Bare Bones in terms of actual Final Fantasy tactics. Whereas this is the opposite completely. You have to understand every single tiny little mechanic to the nth degree. The story just is so superfluous. It really is. So... I something's been bugging me. That character that you renamed Faz, was it Ramza? Yes, it was. Was it Ramza? Well done. Fucking Yay. hell, that's taken me 15 minutes that's to three. remember no, that. Great Fuck. work. Didn't Google it, world, either. That was all me. <laughs> yeah, no, I was yeah. listening yeah, as well. Yeah, but, no, you know, fine. just, yeah. No, well done. Oh, I'm really impressed. Well, thank you. I feel yeah. better now. Great work. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like this game, it just needs to get out its own way a bit more than... What it currently does, just I mean, I I played it for I think the same sort of time. I think it was up to like sixteen, seventeen hours or something. But I think it's like thirty five hours long, and I'm like, oh my god, like is it? But then that's not counting the thirty hours I've put into it where I've just had to just, just knock the fucking PSP off. Like yeah. is it? So that <laughs> I just had to get rid of it. So actually, I've probably played like forty hours of it. Like is it? Some people are like, oh, how long to beat? I'm like, you. You talk absolute shit because actually you have to go wrong and you have to stop people from having permadeath by just knocking the console off. Mm. Um, so if it kind of just dropped some of the difficulty, I think really, like isn't in the end uh, end of things, and it's just almost like you probably need to cut out like ten job classes as well. Like you just don't need them. Like mm. isn't it? It's yeah. just you know it's it's almost like really pretentiously showing off. It's like oh look how clever we are and look how many different abilities you can have and stuff. And it's like oh all the clever people will get this and it's just like what about us dumbasses that like, is they want to play and ex- access it but you just kind of can't. Um, that all said, 
I think it's a brilliant game. Like, it's, <laughs> like I really do. I think it's like just genius at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. and it and it is like if you feel like you want to devote 50, 60, 70 hours to a game and really learn something inside out and craft, like, you know, just and hone that craft. Um, yeah, it, you know, that, that probably is the kind of Final Fantasy game for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I would say, rounding off my reviews of Final Fantasy, neither type of Final Fantasy game is necessary for me, which sounds <laughs> bad, but... I have a lot of respect for the series as a whole. And just like with Final Fantasy IV, I want to give this an 8 out of 10 and say <laughs> that it just, it's a very, very strong game. It just isn't my kind of game. Um, and I tried. I spent a lot of time trying. <laughs> but too much of my time <laughs> trying, basically. But yeah, you know, um, it might have convinced some people to listen, you know, play, play it, or it might have convinced some people to never go back to it or <laughs> never start <laughs> Avoid, again. like, the plague. Yeah. So, cool. That's cool. me done. I'm going to sit back, kick back, relax, <laughs> chillax, Faz the Frolic out, mic drop. Nice. <laughs> there we go. Who's in? Who's, who's going? Shall I wade in? Go for it. Shall I wade in? Um, so I did um, Crisis Core Reunion, um, which is the, the remake of Crisis Core um, from the PSP. Um, so I played it on Switch, um, which inherently nowadays means that it wasn't exactly the slickest experience in the world but uh you know i I feel more than did the job Mm. and um you know still you know playing playing on a handheld um so it's um kind of a a prequel to final fantasy 7 looking at my notes here i've just put who knows what's happening (laughs) <laughs> um I off. It and I didn't. <laughs> yeah there, there's a lot of um a lot of allusions to, to what happens in the main game a lot of what i think at the time they thought was tying up loose ends but in actual fact just raises more questions mm. um but you know good use of Sephiroth and all that good <laughs> stuff so um you know well well done there um it, it's got a a, a much more action heavy bent to it um so you have like lots of bite-sized missions and um you know you'll occasionally sort of travel around a, a little bit of a map but for a lot of the of anything that's away from the main story it'll almost play more like monster hunter mm. um where you know you'll select a mission from a list you'll go onto a map you will travel a little bit you will hit a couple of things in a couple of different rooms you'll hit a bigger thing in a bigger room and that'll be that um and so there is that kind of inherent grindiness to it to to get more items or, or more um magic um and and all that good stuff um but it didn't feel too onerous like i didn't feel i had to do too much of it to start making some headway mm-hmm. and if anything like what was useful about it was that um because I, I pre-ordered it originally played it a bit and then <laughs> finished it off for this, so while I've never rolled um, credits on any mainline Final Fantasy game, this is the only Final Fantasy game I've ever rolled credits on. Mm. Um, but those grindy side missions were really useful for going back in and mm-hmm. reminding myself how to play the game. Yeah. Um, so they're they're really good for training, I guess. Um, it looks pretty, but it, it some of the animations are a little bit wooden. Like it kind of betrays its sort of PSP heritage. Yeah. Um quite a lot. Um I think they redid the voice acting for this version, but they didn't redo the script. So it it 
feels like weirdly clunky sometimes and all that, mm-hmm. which doesn't help the storytelling, but um, it kind of does the job, mm. I guess, um, really. Um, I didn't actively hate it or anything like that. You know, there are elements that you could point out and laugh, but that's that's part of the fun of it. It definitely mm. plays more into um, the, the kind of campy, ridiculous side of Final Fantasy, you know, with, with villains poncing around, quoting poetry that doesn't exist and all that. Fiona, yes, a question. <laughs> Another question, just I watched you play a lot of this. Yeah. And I agree that I didn't understand what was going on either. Good. But it did tick that box for me of like weirdly high concept. Mm. Yeah. And like yeah. I think with some of the ones that I've played and enjoyed but still can't tell you what happened, the reason I enjoyed them because there was just this weird core of belief in whoever was writing it that drags you along and like There's a sincerity. You, yeah, your mm-hmm. yeah. characters and there was all this symbolism with like apples and angel wings and stuff like that. And I'm like, I mean, I wrote a lot about like literature for my degree and I've forgotten it all. And I feel like if I could have <laughs> accessed that, I might have had a better understanding yeah. of what the allegory here was. Yeah. Um, I, I can't help but think maybe that's giving it a bit too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. But, but yeah, I, I take your point. It was like, address again. Um, no, it wasn't actually this time. Oh. Um, but he does make an appearance and all that kind of stuff. And like, yeah, like it definitely feels like it's going for some kind of symbolism mm. uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's it's one of those things that you know it it may well be that because this is the remake and all that. Obviously, the the Final Fantasy VII remake Part Two is is coming up relatively soon. It may well be that you know there's some stuff in that that ties more directly to it and yeah. and all that. I think they're meant to be exploring Zack's character a bit more and all that kind of stuff. Um, Zach, the, the character you play as in Crisis Core. Um, and, you know, so so I think going forward, they might be deliberately trying to strengthen its ties to the main story. Mm-hmm. But that also might be giving it a bit too much credit. Like, I, I don't know until it lands. Um, but nonetheless, um, as its own thing, um, it, it's good fun. Like, the, the combat's... Um, entertaining enough um definitely um falls into the kind of final fantasy 7 remake vibe um back in the day it would have been quite different from mm. from the original game but nowadays it feels more like it's in line with that and even final fantasy 16 um i don't know about the timings exactly but it does feel a bit like some of the old final fantasy 7 spin-offs might be responsible for you know steering the the main franchise to the, yeah. the kind of action mm. Um, route. It, it feels maybe that was the testing ground for a lot of this so stuff. So was there um, um, oh, Vincent's spin-off on the PS2, Dirge, uh, Dirge of, Cerberus. of Cerberus? Yeah. Was that a Devil May Cry kind of vibe? I don't actually know, but going like from the would... cover, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, yes. It looks like Devil May Cry. Yeah, it does, <laughs> does look quite similar. But yeah, yeah like I think I think there's an argument to be had. I'm no Final Fantasy scholar, mm. but I, I do wonder if you looked at the whole lot. Wait, what are you doing here? Well, I bought Fiona <laughs> for that, didn't I? Um, but like, it, yeah, I do wonder. Um, but it's, you know, bright and breezy and, you know, you can pick it up and, and all that kind of stuff. And for a Final Fantasy game that, mm. that has explicit, you know, ties to one of the most famous and, and beloved games in the franchise, I think there's a lot to be said for for that. Yeah, yeah um, Absolutely. So the the combat, um, you can you can customize your equipment, you can customize your magic, and you can that by extension, at least on the remake, means that it kind of varies what um, what spell you put on what button and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So if you 
don't like a particular layout, you can kind of tweak it a little bit and, and all that. So, you know, I'd quite often have my, uh, you know, like a healing spell on, on one of my shoulder buttons and stuff like that, you know, but that's mm-hmm. personal preference. But it was nice to be able to do that. Um, I think the, the big thing with the combat is you kind of have this, and I wish I could remember what it's called, but I haven't written it down, but you effectively have a slot machine all, ah, always yeah. running in the, the top left of the screen. And then when that hits certain number combinations, that'll give you a buff or a summon or some kind of special move or, or something you can do in combat, which um, is, is kind of interesting. Um, it does mean that occasionally luck can replace the need to grind mm. and, and, you know, um, improve your levels to, to beat a fight one way. You might just get lucky with yeah. um, the level of summons you get and it's enough to, to get you through the fight. Um, what's kind of interesting about it is that depending on what items you've got or who you've met in the story, you might have the um, the slot machine kind of skew its results a certain way. Okay. So if you've just had like a big story beat moment, mm. you're potentially more likely to have a move or or a buff associated with that character come up. Right, so it's, yeah. it kind of ties yeah. with, with the character nicely in yeah. that respect. It will quite often give you like a little cutscene as well of an interaction that he's had with this character that's popped up in the slot machines mm. um, to kind of flesh out the story. And it won't necessarily be one that you have seen previously. Mm. Um, so it'll add a little extra context and, and all that kind of stuff. The only thing is that they happen every time. <laughs> ah. So like when you see them once, you're like, oh, hey, that's kind of cool. Yeah. When you've seen them like dozens of times, you're just like, you know what? Fuck off. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Just give me my Omni Slash already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, like you can skip them. They're not too onerous or anything like that. Um, but it is something that if you are going to settle in for a long time, <laughs> it, it can get a bit annoying. Um, How long do you have to settle in for with this game? Um I would argue it kind of depends. Like, if, if you're going in for the story stuff, you can um, go through in, in relatively short bursts. Um, I, I did end up um, sessioning it a couple of times. But if you've only got, say, a bus ride, mm. you can go into the side missions and quite happily, you know, go in and do one of them for sort of five, ten minutes kind of thing. Um, so it gives you options. Yeah. Um, which is which is great. I'm just interested because um, obviously, like you said, the origin of it being a PSP game. Yeah. But I've just spoken about a P- like it wasn't an origin of a PSP game, but it got ported to the PSP, and I was like, it doesn't. It, it's in the sort of thing that you kind of like you spent a couple of hours doing a battle. Like as in, it's mm. almost like you could just go right. I'm going to do one battle today and plan for one battle and prep mm. for it and do that battle. And it's just interesting that you know one that originated the PSP is it. Does it feel like an on-the-go experience that works on the yeah, Switch? And... Yeah, it, de- it definitely feels like it's more geared towards that kind of portable yeah. um, vibe. That's good. Um, and yeah, like I personally, I, I appreciated it for that. Um, sometimes in the combat as well, you might get like some iffy hit detection and stuff like that. Mm. But you know, I, that could quite easily be user error, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's not what you said at the time. Yeah, it's <laughs> def- definitely, it be, though? definitely could it be, not yeah, what yeah. I said at the time. <laughs> Um, but you know there are some bits where you know you look at it and you, you you do wonder if there's a bit of a whiff of bullshit about it, but um, <laughs> you know it's whatever. Um, I, th- there is um, one other thing that I wanted to mention as well. Like occasionally over the course of the the main story, 
Um, you kind of get like little set pieces and like mini games to kind of mix things up a little bit. So there's one where you have to say, um, drag Cloud who who's injured to safety, but he's you're getting attacked by soldiers, so you have to have a little fight, drag him a bit, have a little fight, or like protect him, stop Ooh. him from being dragged, and and all this kind of stuff. Or there's another weird one where you have to snipe robots along a path, and Ooh. so like you go along a path, then you stop, you pick up a rifle, shoot a few targets, move along and and rinse and repeat, and get your rifle better and stuff like that. And like they are all pretty shit. <laughs> like, they're not great. They're variations on a theme, and when they try and stray from the, the kind of core combat, it's definitely when they're weakest. Mm-hmm. Um, but, that said, I do appreciate the fact that they have tried yeah, just... to, to mix it up. They've just missed the mark, is, yeah. is all. Um, and they don't outstay their welcome, and once you're done with them, you never have to do them again. Um, I'm, I don't think they pop up in the side quests or anything like that. I'm not... Well, I don't remember seeing any of them from from the ones that i did do um but yeah like i i had fun with it um i um i I don't begrudge my time with it um i have already exchanged it (laughs) i have already got rid of it um because i don't feel old boot (laughs) well i don't don't feel the need to go back yeah and and go back into it and i think that kind of goes back to what i was saying about final fantasy 6 i think there's definitely part of me Nowadays, and I, I blame arcade games for this. It's like if I finish it, I feel like I'd never have to see it ever again. Mm. Um, so I kind of like Final Fantasy VI for the fact that I've not finished it because that can, you know, I can, you can chip stay. away can and, and I can go back in. But Crisis Core Reunion, I have finished it. Mm. It is done. Yeah, I know what happens to that character. I knew what happened to that character anyway because I played a bit of Final Fantasy VII. I'm pretty sure most of the people on Earth knows what happens to that character who's been anywhere near Final Fantasy VII. Um, but it's that sort of thing where, yeah, I enjoyed my time with it. I will remember it fondly, but thank you, I am done. Um, <laughs> so seven out of ten from me, I think. Easy. Ooh. Did you have a question? No, I was just going to say that's like... Um... But don't you think that's nice? Like, it's a sign, like, for me, a good Final Fantasy is about the story. That's what makes it different from a random game where you just fight a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. Actually, it's quite nice to have a... That's that story completed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it does does feel like um, closure. (laughs) For for want of a less wanky word. Mm. Um, And it's the kind of thing that... Like, I am genuinely... Because I know you'll be playing the, the Final Fantasy remake part two um when that turns up so, so like, envious. <laughs> I, but, I, but i am now genuinely curious what they might or might not do with that character in that mm. um so yeah like as, as a sort of a, a primer and, and a way to kind of get a bit more invested mm. in, in that world again yeah definitely effective yeah cool awesome nice. fiona what yeah. you got <laughs> i cheated um <laughs> I have brought to your attention <laughs> <laughs> Pocket Final Fantasy Fifteen. Okay. Um, which is my Trojan horse to talk about how it compares to Final Fantasy Fifteen. Because <laughs> I haven't done many spin-offs. No. So so what's what is the difference between Pocket and the you know, the normal version like yes. Oh yeah, well I just thought I'd just <laughs> you know, a little in there. <laughs> that's how they do it in the biz. So do you love Final <laughs> Fantasy games and have you ever been like, do you know what? 60 to 70 hours is a bit of a commitment and also I can't carry the PlayStation anywhere because they're only getting bigger. What if I could 
put it in my pocket along with my three high potions. Yeah. Um, that's pocket final fantasy. It's basically um a really weird thing. I think I don't know if this has happened. Noble experiment. Well, the reason this is a bit weird is so Final Fantasy fifteen, the normal one, came out on the PlayStation twenty sixteen. Mm. And um, wow. Big open world retro deal. It was the first time they sort of tried open world. They've moved away from that in sixteen. It's more like Monster Hunter, where you have patches of an open map, mm. but it's very contained, and you go back to base and go to a different part. Yeah. But fifteen was proper. Twenty sixteen was the era, wasn't it? Where everyone was like massive. The open more world. open your yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they did a lot of really different things with how it worked in general that I'll come to. Um. And then in 2018, this came along, and it, I think initially, was aimed at mobiles. Mm. So it was, you could play it on your phone. And it is a condensed down version of Final Fantasy XV. The whole story, mm. as is, original voice actors, just obviously not as massive. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, made for your phone. And then it got ported to the PS4, which is why I've played it, because ain't nobody got time for squinting at a small screen like that for 10 hours. Yeah. But it is more like 10 hours rather than the sort of 60 plus you could easily do That's cool. on the full fat version. Um, so Final Fantasy 15, um, whichever version you're playing, um, you are um, the main character who has the lovely name of, if I pronounce this right, Noctis Lucis Calum. Oh, what, <laughs> what an absolute twat. Oh, he's lovely, but he no. is a twat, yeah. <laughs> no, um, oh, my boy. So, <laughs> so Noctis is like a proper grumpy teenager. Mm. Um, and well, I think he's in his early 20s, but like, you know, sort of slumps around the place, um, dresses all in black to be edgy, has that kind of classic Final Fantasy hair. Mm -hmm. Truly, he is all of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, the, the story is... Um, he and his three friends slash, I guess, also paid staff. Puts a different slant on that story, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, technically they are. So he's got, he's got three, three friends that are basically his party for most of it. And occasionally some of them will not be in it for a bit or whatever. Mm. But basically it's that and you don't really get the opportunity, like in other games, to switch people in or out. Mm. Um, occasionally you'll get people who will help you and come along as well. Um, but that's quite rare. There's maybe one or two notable people who do that. And mm -hmm. otherwise it's you and your, your three bros. Um, you've got your um, your big burly uh, literal meat shield Gladio, who's kind of your protector um, and also your friend, but I assume on the payroll. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you've got, you've got um, Prompto, who is like a skinny blonde guy who likes photography which we'll come to um, just gonna make a note um, <laughs> so i don't forget um and yeah he uh, is not on the payroll he's just your your best friend um rescued from um being an orphan in the empire that you've been enemies with for ages mm -hmm. but raised in your country um well looked after though Oh, I don't know. It doesn't pay, paid that. for effectively. Is what <laughs> I, don't know, I think they were probably just like, he needs a friend. <laughs> Emotionally um, paid for. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he is like the... the so I, I didn't go into this, but Gladio's kind of job is like, you know, big old swords, mm. as you would expect. Mm -hmm. um, Prompto's job as such is like, um, he's such a glass cannon. So his job realistically is mostly being healed by everyone else. But yeah. um, he shoots things from afar or sometimes uses these big like 
magitech weapons that are sort of like um they look like the chainsaws and things but shoot magic um and then you have my personal favorite ignis who is like insane but in the best way oh yes <laughs> no just like all in. just just so over the top in everything there's no so... cell patch left mm. oh, oh no sorry. Damn it. ignis <laughs> well he could help with that because his oh. role technically <laughs> technically he's um he's there as the prince's advisor so even he and gladio are like kind of only a couple of years older mm. so they're all early 20s really um hence the sort of like also being friends um but his job is like to be an advisor mm. but really in the game for sour patch kids yeah yeah exactly that. specifically specifically good um and there's no sour patch kids sour <laughs> as he grumbles his way through his quests no but um <laughs> i guess his job is like advice but his battle stuff is mostly daggers and pole arms um and that's kind of how the job system works mm-hmm. everyone can only do one of a couple of things apart from you and you can do anything you want because you're yeah. awesome um but the other brilliant thing that he does, everyone's got like a little skill. So Gladio is something called survival, which I think is to do with camping that I never really figured out. Um, <laughs> Prompto has the photography skill, which is my favourite thing I've ever seen. But I'll have to come back to it because it's not in the pocket version. Um, and I'll tell you why that's a problem. I'm going to say that you can't come back no, to it. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> um, but Ignis's other big thing is he cooks for the party. So a lot of what happens is when you're going to this open world, you might end up in a hotel if you're lucky. But actually, because it's so open, you often set up camp at these little safe spots mm-hmm. um, that have a cool kind of like almost like a glowy tribal, like oldie worldy rune pattern. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're a good place to sleep because the monsters come out at night in bigger numbers. Campsite of the always do. Not just in the tents. It was mist at nighttime. It was... But yeah, he kicks for you. Um, but when you're picking up random bits and bobs off the floor, like you do in all open world quests, if you pick up things that like mean he can create a new recipe at camp to boost different stats, <laughs> instead of anything sensible, what he will do is just yell, that's it! I've come up with a new recipe! And his voice acting is just like, really weird and it's so funny <laughs> yeah. that we still do it in this house we do today. occasionally just bellow that's it i've come up with a new recipe <laughs> and <there's>... usually <laughs> while cooking and well yeah well yeah. there are times yeah. where he'll literally he you'll buy yeah. a recipe book because you'll want better stats and be like that's it <laughs> like yeah Agnes, i know that's why yeah that's <laughs> happened yeah. that's what this is for <laughs> yeah, yeah. you idiot <laughs> but he also goes through the whole game dressed in a suit and like dress shoes which i really admire yeah that's i just cool. think that's i mean it's dedication to the beer isn't that's it? classy um so anyway that's your kind of cast and what happens is um at the start of this um it's best described the whole plot as like a bachelor party going very very badly mm. because you and your mates go off in this snazzy car and this is also a very big diversion from a, a lot of final fantasies in that it's quite furnished with modern trappings so you've mm-hmm. got a car you've all got mobile phones that kind of thing but you've still got you know big clunky bits of armor and flying ships and you know all that kind of final fantasy yeah stuff as well um and you're off to deliver noctis to his wedding to his um bride-to-be who's from a neighboring thingy you know the, the usual yeah, yeah. treaty treaty yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Things, it's a yeah, really once again it is the flattest thing ever there's mm-hmm. nothing there at all but it doesn't matter because she's barely in it um <laughs> and you say goodbye to your dear dad the king and you go off and you settle down at the docks to 
have a nice kip before you get on your boat um and then wake up in the morning to find your kingdom's been destroyed your dad's been killed you've been declared dead your fiance's been declared dead the empire next door is moving the fuck in and you have to start going around um all the teams of your ancestors to gather their magical power and to be able to wield incredible spectral blades um and basically find a way to a i guess checking your fiance in about 60 hours time if you can be asked yeah um, um, when you're done with chocobo rising yeah yeah. (laughs) rising that's what it does when you get the recipes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like me trying to say um, Silmarillion. <laughs> got it. Had to come back. Sorry. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, basically that's that's the question. you, you got to reclaim your stuff. It's a classic. It happens to everybody. Yep. You know, yeah. you fall asleep, fall your kingdom falls to fucking bits. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. if I had a penny for every time. Yeah. But, you know, what's making it worse is also that the, the knights are drawing in and you've been told by your dad that you're the chosen king who has a task to bring back the light and it becomes clear as you go through the game that darkness is getting... You know, it's kind of like as you move into fucking winter, basically. Winter but, is coming. But you're not getting uh. the spring anymore. <laughs> and there's more and more monsters in the darkness and you've just got to, you know, bring everything back to rights. Um, it's a great story. Um, <laughs> Sold. I'll take one of those. Uh, you know, I, can't, I can't spoil it too much, but there's some really good bits. There are a couple of moments of, like, real emotion. Some tragedies happen to people that you grow to really care about. It's, it's really great. I would recommend the story. But the pocket version... Um, is, is trying to condense all this into something you can play ideally at first on your phone, right? Mm-hmm. So how it does this is it makes it like a little chibi version. So, you know, little little dinky bodies, big old bobble heads. I have seen the little thumbnail for it in the shop on Google. I don't know why you've not bought it. I mean, they're adorable. <laughs> they were adorable anyway because they're all bumbling idiots who are just best bros mm. with each other and you just kind of want to pat them on the head because their relationship is so sweet. Um but yeah, um, they're, they're very cute. They managed to get a weird amount of emotion into their blank chibi eyes <laughs> at times. Um, and I was actually impressed at how much of the story they get in. Mm. Like, it really does feel like the exactly same story. They keep an awful lot of the the same uh, dialogue. The voice actors are clearly the same. So all the key story beats happen. You get a yeah. couple of side quests that are a bit optional. Not half as many as you get in the massive open world. Um, which I think is one of my downsides that I'll come to, but actually there's more in there than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more linear. You don't get the open world because it's on your mobile and it would explode in 2018. It'd probably explode now. Um, mine would. Um, so what you get is kind of funneled through the route mm-hmm. quite a lot more, and you do it in little chapters, basically. So you'll do a chapter where you've got a bit of map you're wandering through. The chapters map to the chapters in the, the main game, um, and then when you start a new chapter, you just sort of start afresh in this new map and wander through that bit as well. Um, you've got a fixed point camera, which I hated. Oh, right. <laughs> I hated it so much. So what happens when the battles happen is you go into the battle and when the battle mechanics are kind of basic. It's press a button down. They're not much better in the mainline game, if I'm honest, but it's even worse on the phone. But I get that. That's that's the medium you're working mm-hmm. with. And they've not done much more to it on the PS4, which is fair. Um, but when you go into a battle area you sort of get trapped in a small space enclosed by little red lines that you can't go out until you've finished killing this thing or getting killed by this thing 
Um, Reminds me of the dinner ladies at school where I <laughs> couldn't get up until I'd finished my dinner. Like, <laughs> it's that goblin really dead. <laughs> and one of them was in the kitchen going, that's it! Yeah. I was like, oh! The spaghetti bolognese has given me an idea for a new recipe. <laughs> Anywho. Got spaghetti bolognese. Ooh. la di Well, I tried to not have the bolognese bit and they wouldn't let me just have plain spaghetti. <laughs> Why is there red lines everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you get trapped in this area, and um, it's the, it's a little bit bigger than it's fitting on your screen sometimes. So like, if your enemy wanders off your screen, but it's still within the area, and you're trying to find it to kill it, mm. sometimes you can't turn around and stab it. You've got yeah. to kind of like Just... edge closer and then rely on the auto lock <laughs> to sort of hope you'll whiz over to it and, and batter it around the head a bit. So not so great. Um, character abilities. So, your your companions in this, you don't really get to tell them what to do that much. Mm. Um, but there are a couple of things that you can command them to do. So each of them will have um sort of a couple of special talents. You've got a point gauge that racks up. Once you've got a certain amount of action points, you can pick one of your comrades and like say, do that cool thing, mm-hmm. and they'll go and do something to sort of make your life a bit easier. And you've got a, a sort of ability tree that you can level them up on. Um, in the main game, it's massive. But actually, it still exists in the pocket version. Okay. Um, there's still quite a lot you can do with it. Quite a lot of choice. Many more points you could technically put into it than I think I would possibly have got in a run-through, which always mm. confuses me. <laughs> maybe I'm just bad at the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you could do a lot more than I expected with the characters on the pocket version, which is really great. Um, but you don't really sense any freedom, so you have lost that from the open world. Right, okay. The scenery obviously isn't really scenic because you're plonking through these little polygon chibi mm. scenes, which are pretty, but they're nothing no. to write home about, I don't think. Um, how long have I got? I You've got like six minutes. <laughs> okay, well, I've got more to say, but it's not really yeah. a good point. <laughs> oh, okay, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, I think there were points where the, the sort of graphics went a bit too far in the sort of cutesy chibi thing for me mm. um, and really put me off. So there was one bit where you can, you don't really get to do too much with magic in this. It's a lot more streamlined than other Final Fantasies. You've mostly got um, a sort of electric fire or ice power. Okay. Yeah. Um, you don't have the whole amazing realm of, mm. of different types of things that you get in a lot of other Final Fantasies. But um, you can occasionally summon the I forget what they're called in this, the big you know god things thingies, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to save you if you're in a tight spot, yeah. Um, and I summoned on Pocket Final Fantasy Shiva, who's the ice one, um, and oh my god, it was awful. So <laughs> Shiva comes down like big old Shiva. They're always massive, like with her sort of like chibi weird face. And I'm like, okay, weird, but okay. <laughs> and then her power thing was to send loads of baby Shivas. Oh. who were also chibi and Freaking just really out. creepy like, their eyes were just very blank mm. <laughs> it was yeah it was not cool uh, not cool <laughs> um, yeah so yeah losing points for that I guess um, but I guess the story was still good because it was the story mm. and it did sort of rebalance one thing that 15 the full fat version didn't really do too well which was I, mean, I still love it but the plot in 15, you've got this big open world, big open world, several chapters of basically bumbling around with your mates, doing a few key quests, 
but you're still in this big open world and there's a very clear point in the plot where you, you basically suddenly remember that you should probably do something about that fiance who's <laughs> like halfway over oh, the side of the world. Yeah, that thing. Is she alive? Probably mm-hmm. fine. As soon as we're done paintballing. Um, <laughs> and, when <she> start... <laughs> and once you start down that track, um, you're very much railroaded into a right, narrow, you okay. can't get back to the open world as easily. Um, they open it back up a bit later in sort of a dream form a mm. bit. Um, but you, you kind of are very much you're on the main plot now and you're going to have to progress yeah. that. And things are quite Stop serious. Quite fun. <laughs> yeah. Time to yeah. grow up. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of the theme of that, I guess, as well, is that mm. stuff does get darker as you go down that route. But um, it, um, it's noticeable as a change of pace in the main game. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it, but I think... I, I can imagine you might have done if you played more games than I had at that point when I first played it as well. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, the the pocket version because it is all condensed. Actually, that negates that feeling because yeah. everything is quite linear. Anyway, you do this yeah. bit and then you move on to this bit and then you move on to this bit and you you already feel a bit railroaded. Mm-hmm. So I'd say actually it is a smoother experience if all you cared about was getting through the plot as quickly as possible. Everything you're saying about the pocket version. Is everything I want to be happening to me. Railroad me into a game, shorten it right up there. Graphically, you know, throw some cool babies at me. I I don't give a shit. Like, as in, you know, that's fine. I'd be totally into it. No, I mean, I've got a lot of reasons why you're wrong. um, Yeah. But I'm aware I'm running. A lot of people do for a lot of things a lot of the time. So. I, would you like to stop there for a second, take a breather? Yeah, I'm going to need longer than three minutes to convince okay. you. That's fair <laughs> enough. Okay, right, break time. Right, we're back. Fiona thinks she's going to convince me to play Final Fantasy XV full game. It would take a lot, but carry on. Go okay. on. <laughs> so I think Final Fantasy the Pocket version, right, is... Very my favourite good... version of all time. <laughs> Very good for what it is. I was surprised pleasantly by how much it crammed in there, how true it felt to the original, how, you know, there was still a lot of engagement with the characters. And like I say, I think if you're not of the mind to do a full version, I can see that could be really appealing. Or if you just love the game so much, you're like, I wish I could play this on the tube as well. Um, <laughs> there you go. But you do lose an awful lot from Final Fantasy XV, the full version, that is just, I think, if you'd just played the pocket version, I think you'd be fine. I think that's, you know, quite a decent game. But I think if you played the original version, you'd be like, oh, there's a lot of stuff that really made that yeah. a great game. Um, and I will say that Final Fantasy XV is not widely regarded as one of the best ones. Mm. Um, it's my favourite for a lot of reasons. It was one of the, in fact, it was the first Final Fantasy I played. Yep. Um, quite early on in my PlayStationing career as well. So... Career. Wasn't, mm. I wasn't very good at the um professional fighting. <laughs> well yeah. <laughs> this is about the era where we were playing GTA online and I had to look up a YouTube oh, video yeah. at the same time as trying to get in a heist and learn how to fly a plane. Oh, getting into a heist was yeah. so hard. But well, I could exactly. I could hear the YouTube instructional video over the voice <laughs> chat. <laughs> like, Are you checking how to fly this plane on your way to the plane? No. It's really sheepish yes. <laughs> We did not do well. Um, <laughs> it's when I knew this one was a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, internet strangers who I let down. Um, oh, we're doing that right now. I don't know if anyone knows, <laughs> we're doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, I mean, the 
the version on the well, they're both on the PlayStation, but the full fat version, um, the open world just gives you a lot of stuff that you miss. And I think the reason I love the game, despite now I went back to it a little bit ahead of doing this, mm -hmm. um, it was like a warm hug. It was lovely. <laughs> um, but like you know, getting back to it now, having played a lot more games and being a little bit more competent in general, you know, now able to focus at eye level, not just sky <laughs> wherever, wherever that shot came from, <laughs> um, that classic early gamer conundrum. Um, I think going back, I can see that like mechanically it's nothing special. Um, I mean, it still has that really cool thing that the more modern Final Fantasies have of the battle looks friggin' awesome. Mm. Um, you press a couple of buttons and you are leaping everywhere. You're like somersaulting midair, you're stabbing things in the face, like, your blade is going like 10 to the dozen. It's pretty awesome. In this one as well, you collect these spectral blades of your ancestors. And if you fill up a gauge, you can press a couple of buttons and they sort of, you hover in the air like it's some kind of fucking thing from the exorcist. <laughs> and they all spin round you and then they sort of batter your opponents. And it's oh, just, cool. it's really good. It makes you feel like a badass, which is what I'm here for. Mm. Um, but I think the big thing for me was the, the characters. So it is... Um, yeah, really different to the other setups in that you don't have that that party option. But I didn't think it mattered because mm -hmm. the characters that you had, you really bonded with. And I yeah. think that's the sign of a really good Final Fantasy game. Yeah, you, um, you care about them. Yeah. yeah. And like I mentioned in the one I did on Final Fantasy 16, mm -hmm. unlike that, you really notice that your characters are here yeah. in the fight scenes with you. Um, they've got these really cool link-up moves where if you time it right, I think at one point I was slinging one of my party members around my whole arm so they could reach the creature quicker to like stab it for me and stuff like that. And, mm. you know, they're all like aerial backflips and whatnot to make you feel really cool. Um, and the bits where you are wandering around the the landscape as well, there's quite a lot of dialogue. It does repeat, obviously, but do you know that sort of classic RPG game thing where those bits of dialogue crop up as you're, mm. you're walking around and you'll get things like, you know, what's the... I think the one we always quote is like if it's a bit warm out and like a nice day like maybe one of them will whinge like oh, i'm really hot and the other one will be like so take off your jacket <laughs> um or be like rather sultry oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that um and like at one point uh, when i went back to it recently i had written down uh at one point in the middle of a battle, like one of them just yells at the other, stop bitching and start killing, which is like, that's the kind of relationship I want to see. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. It's plausible, isn't it? <laughs> it's yeah. plausible. Um, and a lot of the stuff about when you go to a campsite, there's always this lovely little interlude, which is in the pocket version, but very much reduced, where it's almost like a roundup of the day. You get some kind of meal from Ignis, which if you're very bad at collecting stuff like I was, <laughs> is mostly flame-grilled toast. <laughs> Lovingly <laughs> rendered flame-grilled toast. Lovingly rendered, and he still does the little animation where he does a sort of, like, click with his fingers like he's just thought of something brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then just slaps this bit, bit of bread on your table. It's like bread, but burnt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, like... It feels like, um, on Pokemon Arceus, I think it is, like, a similar yeah, sort of yeah. thing happens. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, like... Where it's just like it's a good drum roll and like wow and you like get like cooking out it's like you look like shit and like, <laughs> thanks yeah, great but it's like that and the idea is that there's so, you can tell a bonding around this campfire even though you don't necessarily get a cutscene with anything massive happening mm, yeah um, if you've been riding your chocobos you sometimes get a little picture of them sat around the campfire with their chocobos kind of there too oh. um, and my, oh. one of the best bits <laughs> why did I just do that because <laughs> oh. the chocobos are adorable in this you can ride them you can race them they. Um, <laughs> I named mine Gertrude 
She was an incredible <laughs> steed. Um, when they get really good, I only found this out recently and I'm gutted because I was never good enough to make this happen. If you get to a high enough friendship level with your chocobo, you can also do a link strike with your chocobo. And I googled it earlier and it's incredible. You go and do like a little slash at a beastie or mm -hmm. something. Your chocobo comes screaming into view <laughs> and kicks it and then like swings itself around and you like gracefully leap onto its back and like slash it with your blade oh, before cool. barreling off into the distance. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And fun. Um, and the other thing that happens at the campfires that I really love is um, probably quite divisive. I just I feel like you're either going to be into this or you're not. Um, but it's Pronto's photography skill. So <laughs> Quote unquote skill. Quote unquote skill. So your friend Prompto um, makes a big deal a lot of the time about photos. There's a couple of places in the world where they're quite nice vistas because it was beautiful, some of the landscapes. Mm. And sometimes he'll ask if you can stop and take a photo. You don't have to, but you can. Um, there's a couple of story moments where you take a little photo as well. Um, <laughs> what you don't necessarily realise until the first campsite is that he is auto taking photos <laughs> throughout your day. So when you go to the campsite, there's a reel of about 10 photos that you can go through. You can save any nice ones you like um, that he's taken. So if you've gone to one of the, the nice vistas, there'll be a nice picture of all of your mates standing there, pulling mm. a face or whatever. But if you didn't take too many of those, there'll just be some random ones. And sometimes they're like of you just in situations that didn't happen when you were right, playing. Okay. So it might be, you know, in the car, for example. So in the car, you see things kind of from the back and top angle down a bit. Yeah. So but it might be he's taken a photo of a person driving from the side or, you know, a bit where you were walking away into the distance. and He's taken a photo of you like it's some kind of album cover. I, I'm and my so... favourite first, no, no, it's not even happened yet. The best <laughs> bit is the battle photos. You're right, OK. And the That's battle photos, yeah. the battle photos are um, absolutely incredible. Sometimes they're just... <laughs> sometimes they're just like because when you do all your cool you know magical weapons or you can also um warp to things mm. so you sort of vanish in midair and like go to where you throw your blade um so sometimes they're just particle effects because it's caught you halfway yeah. through doing this um at one point i'm pretty sure there was a photo of me basically getting gored by something <laughs> the implication is you're Click. Just like, whoa cool dude <laughs> it's like the ones where help it's like me <laughs> someone's armpit and like the eye of a beast or something like that or like the really shittily framed ones throw yeah. your polaroid and, at him <laughs> and the computer can't tell if they're good or not so so what will happen as well is at random points when you're looking through he'll just say something like or one of your friends will be like great shot prompto and He'll be like, yeah, I love the light. And you'll be like, that's... That's someone's anus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this reminds so. me of like Metal Gear Solid 2 when you're in a tank and you just take a random yeah. photos of shit. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Cotton's going, <laughs> like, well done. Like, you, you have an element of control over that. Like, yeah. that's, that's what's brilliant yeah. about this. It's just it's <laughs> no, completely you random. You don't. It's, it's fantastic. I love it. I think what, what I love about both this and the pocket one really is that this is fun. It's a fun Final Fantasy. They build it as it's meant to be um, specifically for beginners to Final Fantasy as well as fans. Mm. And they've done a load of little nods to other Final Fantasy games. So if you know, you know. So mm -hmm. um, again, one of Prompto's special moves, I'm pretty sure he yells out, um, I never miss, uh, which is a thing that somebody in Final Fantasy twelve does mm. for one of their special moves. It's like a callback. Oh, if you cool. don't know it, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. So it's quite good at that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
the fighting is again it's like action fighting rather than inputting a load of commands and waiting um and it's familiar but you still have some of the the beats and you still have like elemental uh, weaknesses which final fantasy 16 downplays a lot oh really sometimes you will notice so that's the... how i win no, well, exactly, exactly. you're a fish lightning <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly if you can't go back and get you know holy to like kill this undead thing oh yeah what's yeah what's the point yeah. how are you going to do it so it's nice to have those um there's also weaknesses to certain weapons mm. so you know you, you can be like i'll oh, a pole on for daggers or whatever um so that's a nice touch and i just think the the thing that really wins me over is how much you go to care about the characters mm. as you go through it. And like I mentioned in the other episode, the side quests are uniformly pretty stupid. <laughs> but because you love the characters so much, you will go and do them. There was one that I did that is the most poorly hidden advert I've ever seen in any... For Marlborough? No, no, that would have been good, wouldn't it? Uh, smoke this! Um, but... <laughs> no, it was for cup noodles. Oh. And you bump into a cup noodle vendor and suddenly all of the, the bros start talking about like, you know, how much they love cup noodles and they all argue about what the favourite cup noodle is. And then you have to go on a quest to create an epic cup noodle by bringing down some kind of mega beast to put in the cup noodles. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. It's so weird. And they also had this, um, the DLC for the main one as well. Obviously you don't get DLC in the pocket version. Mm -hmm. But the DLC is some of the greatest DLC I've ever seen for anything. I'm massively biased, but it's amazing. So, but you're massively biased because you love it though, like, isn't yeah, you, I do. You, you keep on stopping to sort of say, oh, you know, like, is in, like, you, almost like you feel bad for reviewing it so well or like caring about it so much, but you don't need to. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just because other people say it's shit. I'm genuinely extremely interested in what you're saying about like all the quirkiness of it, and it sounds so different that that's not, you know, it doesn't sound like a bad thing at all to me. Yeah. Fucking more cup noodles, please. <laughs> like in Final Fantasy. Quirky's the word, though, from from what I've seen. And like, for my part, what because I I've been in the same room as it being played <laughs> quite a lot. <laughs> What's um, going on? <laughs> who are these people on my TV? Um, <laughs> but like, it, I think what I appreciate in in a good Final Fantasy game is that feeling that uh, uh, that the characters like know each other yeah. <laughs> like it sounds stupid yeah. but like you know they they are that that band mm -hmm. and like with final fantasy 6 like when you um at one point you have an airship and you can go in and you can switch your party members but they're all hanging out like on the airship yeah and you kind of get the impression that you know you've got okay i need you and you right now you go off and do a thing but you know they've stayed on the airship and you just your brain just fills in the mm -hmm. blanks and like well they're probably talking. They're, they're yeah. playing some of the games on it. They're hanging out or whatever. Um, and between that and some of the writing, it makes a huge difference mm -hmm. when you come to some of the big fights. And I think, like, to go back to what you said before about like Final Fantasy sixteen, mm. you just don't get that with with some of those characters. Mm. And and I think for me, what makes a great Final Fantasy game, it are those interactions. And yeah. Final Fantasy fifteen is really good at giving time mm -hmm. to that incidental mm. bullshit mm. that like has zero bearing on the main plot but oh, God, but gets yeah. you invested and there's one um there's one i'm not even sure if it is a side quest i was trying to remember if you had to do it or not but um when you finally decide you should probably go find your fiance <laughs> you go to this lovely place it's like a sort of weird venice kind of vibe with, like oh, yeah. 
this massive waterfall kind of like an arc around the city and it's just awesome um but then before you go find her um for some reason you all decide that you need to go and look at the wedding dress she's gonna wear that's by vivian westwood and is on display <laughs> so you and these four hulking blokes all dressed in like various shades of black leather all go <laughs> up to this vivian westwood dress and stand there for a little while <laughs> but then again like it got under our skin so much that when we were in japan and we found a vivian westwood shop in tokyo in a subway station <laughs> we just stood outside laughing and the lady Clad had to sort of come and chase us off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bellowing that's it <laughs> and all that like yeah. yeah but do you think it's like it's almost is that like a translation thing where it's like the people in the west will love this like it's almost like, like uh, the product I, placement I, is weird but they did again with the dlc stuff um and i'm not sure how many things have done stuff like this where it's a weird crossover mm. um but one of the dlcs that was great and i'm so gutted it was only a temporary thing was an assassin's creed dlc yeah. for uh, what's the one where he's got the, the origins? The egyptian one. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because it came out about the same time. Mm-hmm. So, again, you, you're under this, this pressure. Like, you know, your kingdom's in ruins, the empire's invading, you're not sure if your fiancé is alive or dead, and you're getting messages from her magical dogs, so you know she's probably okay, but you should I go mean, and sort who, that at some point. You know, who wouldn't send them that, well, via exactly. that, you know, really important <laughs> <laughs> mail system? <laughs> and, you, um, and you're like, mm, but we could go to the festival... Because me and my best mate Prompto really like video games, and mm. this one's our favourite. So you go and you dress up as fucking assassins, and it's brilliant. You can do the little jump of faith yeah. off the tower, and your characters are having a great time. There's even a joke in the DLC, because presumably they cottoned on to at least the English-speaking version how ridiculous everyone thought Ignis's like accent was. Yeah. So there's one bit where you sit down with one of your other friends and have a little snack. And the other one just goes, that's it! <laughs> and like does the little thing. And it just, it has fun in a way that it's good for it 16 to be so knowing. just yeah, doesn't yeah. at all. Yeah. And it, that's kind of what I want from my and Final a multiplayer as well, didn't it? Oh, so the, well, the other DLC. Not, not a great one. No, the multiplayer wasn't, I didn't enjoy it much because, again, I love the characters and they're not yeah. in the multiplayer because you're your own character. But it's basically. Mm. Um, the multiplayer is basically a bit of time where you and your party are off in another part of the map doing other things and it's like what's everyone else doing like more normal people and and hunters and things who are trying yeah. to keep the rest of humankind going as the darkness closes in yeah while the main characters save the world which is a, a good concept but i wasn't as into it because yeah. the engagement wasn't there mm-hmm. but um to finish my dlc round and let you guys what? I, I, I was only going. I only mentioned the multiplayer because I think for me that highlights what you were saying about how mechanically the game itself wasn't oh, yeah, wasn't no. great. Because as soon as you take the characters away from it, like you do in the multiplayer, that multiplayer fell really flat. Yeah, yeah. it's a very good point. Um, I mean, it just sounds like like a completely different team has built this game compared to what's been previous. Almost like, do you know what I mean, it feels like a real palate cleanser. Well, even you and that, yeah, well, whilst people might not have reviewed it very well necessarily in general on the whole like i like the sound of it you know i think it sounds like it's really it's cool something too. a bit different but i think thematically it, it carries on a lot of the the core stuff right is Enough. that fair i think i think if you were a hardcore old school final fantasy fan and you were in love with the you know for example the, the hardcore elemental magic or being mm. able to tell your party exactly what to do you'd be like this isn't a final fantasy and i think for some people that's where it fell thin yeah I think for what it was trying to do, I think it nailed it. I think it gave you enough Final Fantasy to be like, this is definitely it. Mm-hmm. 
um but if you were completely new like i was you could be like i'm into this but i didn't have to deal with terrifying menus of job options yeah and 60 hours of grinding and, yeah. and yeah um and i think i don't know it just it was just a really nice game yeah um the, the only points i take off it really are for some very sad bits that happened at various points that i got very upset about <laughs> <laughs> but one of the dlcs um the dlcs kind of follow your companions a bit more at times mm -hmm. where they're not in the main party and fills in some gaps and it's great like nice character development but um you crucially in one of them once you've played the dlc through once you can go back again and it gives you like a fix it ending where, where stuff works out a bit better for somebody that you yeah. might want it to. So if you um, were disappointed by what happened, you can go back and just imagine that was kind of the real the nicer thing. It feels like someone like someone somewhere like has been a bit like, this is a bit more Final Fantasy. We'll put this little shitty ending. <laughs> and it's like, and you're like, oh, this feels really nice and happy. And, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. So yeah, I think all in all, um, I think it is a really good game whichever version of 15 you play to if you're not if you're not convinced about final fantasy but you like a good game with action where you get to feel like a bit of a boss mm -hmm. um and really good characters that you care about i think it's a really good one to go in at um technically i'm reviewing pocket final fantasy <laughs> and that will be the, that will be the score I mean, that you give <laughs> there's, there's no there's no photography um Fewer recipes. In fact, no recipes. Oh, the DLC, I forgot <laughs> to tell you. Um, one of the best things the DLC does is allow you to switch between characters. Mm. So you can then swap over and take over any oh, of your cool. companions yeah. and do their moves. Um, but the best thing about this is that it gives Ignis a move, which is called Quick Recipe. And in the middle of battle, you can just calmly set up a camping stove <laughs> and cook something that, that will produce a random stat buff. <laughs> cool. That's um, awesome. But I just, it's the fun that I was missing from 16. Mm, yeah. um, it doesn't take itself seriously at all. So if that's a turn off, don't do it. But Pocket Final Fantasy, which lacks all the bells and whistles, I'm going to give a solid 7 out of 10. I think for what it is, it's very good. And if that is the only way I'll get you to play it, I recommend you do it. But obviously, my real recommendation is 15 for FNAT, mm -hmm. which is 9 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like an official score, did it? <laughs> Look, right, we need to decide what in the spreadsheet. Your husband has put it in there. I can yes. see. It's it's in the Although, to be fair to him, it's in it's in pencil. No, so that, that is that was oh. you writing it in. Oh right, okay. So wasn't yeah. it? No, I, I think you know, as a guest who lives in this house and lets me come in, um, <laughs> <laughs> but but also the fact that you put so much time and effort and love into that, I think we can probably we'll talk about it. We'll talk whether or not it's okay to put in the spreadsheet. Yeah, I yes. think. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, well, under consideration, is fair, it's right? Only, yeah. It's only the reason that we ended up walking down the aisle to the Final Fantasy prologue tune. So if you don't feel that that is worth <laughs> position in your oh, table... Oh, emotional blackmail. Have you not listened to any of the previous podcasts? I do not think it's worth anything. No, there you go. That's because I'm a shit. <laughs> I will say, though, to round it off... Um, oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> What happens if you like look it's lucky you didn't get me on for Ace Attorney or we will still be here. Oh that's where I thought this was going. That's where I thought this was going. No, no, this, in fact Final Fantasy 15 sounds like <laughs> Phoenix Wright's version of Final Fantasy. It's like... That's why I love it so much. But um, the other thing that I love about 15 um, and a couple of other Final Fantasies, the music's great and when you yeah. said earlier that they didn't get a lot of the same people on perhaps, I've got no idea if that's true, the music, they definitely made a point of bringing back one of the OG 
fan fantasy score writers. Mm. Um, the music is so over the top, it's incredible. One of the main battle songs is just them shouting Noctis's name and loads of fake Latin in a really operatic tone. <laughs> Um, I, I listen to it a lot. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> oh, I recommend it. Have a look. Have a look. I am. Um, I genuinely, I think you have kind of convinced me that I want to at least check out the pocket version. I mean, although <laughs> then then you'll be like, but you should really check out the full fan oh, version. it's super cheap these days. And if you get the royal version with all the DLC, you're sorted. Uh, yeah, I, I think. I'm sure it's floating around on Game Pass or something or that I've well seen be. for like, you know, like, yeah, mm. next to nothing. So, yeah, I might, I might be, you know, the... There's been a lot of endurance through these Final Fantasy games, I feel like, in December. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, maybe that would be something to sort of still be Final Fantasy, but cleansing the palette a bit. So, um, yeah, I, I think that we probably don't need to talk about any more Final Fantasy necessarily. <laughs> I am absolutely shattered thinking about it all. Like, what a weird, weird series. Um, you know, like, as in, I, I just... Um, yeah, the amount of time that people around the world must have invested in this series, like it's just oh, there's a, there's a fucking convention in Birmingham that I'm seriously toying with going really? to for the for the giggles. Yeah, like that sounds great. That yeah, sounds good. but like for as a series that has like lasted as long as it has, but also like had as many iterations. Yeah, and that's like, exactly that, what I was that trying kind to get of to. willingness to yeah. experiment. You know, it's not like the the fucking Bond franchise or whatever that always mm. seems to rehash the same yeah. stuff until something comes along, but. You know, actually decides to try and do something different. Like Final Fantasy goes in willingly every time, yeah. trying to put a new spin on it. Every, it's great. Every different generation of console that is in, you know, and and like some people might accuse them of being a little bit money grabbing and sort of saying, "Well, do you need to do Crisis Core reunion, for example, and stuff?" But it kind of feels like, from what we discussed, it almost you do almost that it definitely yeah. feels a bit justification of having mm. a pocket version of final fantasy 15 they seem to offer something different every single time which is great so uh, yeah I, th- I i don't think you can fault them for trying yeah you know like these things aren't always going to land of course they're not but you can't fault them for trying and like we've demonstrated with final fantasy 15 i would argue <laughs> it, it just goes to show that even some of what are regarded as the worst entries will have someone who loves them yeah for, for very good reason no, i think there is probably a Final Fantasy for everyone because the, there are so many different ones and mm. I think what I like about it most as a series is that generally speaking with the exception of 16 um, they, they kind of commit to whatever they're doing and, and aren't afraid to go a little bit OTT with it mm. um, and they aren't afraid to, to do something a bit different with their IP as well which you really don't see with a lot of, of franchises yeah. like you know what you're getting if you go to see James Bond or Harry Potter Mm. But Final Fantasy, you you know you might meet someone named Sid who might help you, but beyond that, <laughs> you know, and apart from the sort of big hair, big sword thing, you're probably flying a little bit blind, which is quite cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it does mean that like, I can go in and go like, oh, well, I like 6 because it's all steampunky and mm. all, all this, and you know you'll like 15 because there's recipes and insanity. <laughs> yeah. So, segueing from something that sounds like one of Fiona's guilty pleasures to play with gaming. Next time we are talking about our guilty pleasures, or are you asking me, or are you? Yeah, I am me asking you. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. so, it means that I don't have to play anything for it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we need I can just tell you. Maybe we need a little time off actually gaming and just talk about gaming. <laughs> Go so, outside yeah. for a bit. <laughs> so join us for that next time, guys. Thanks very much for listening. Bye.